we did that with a guy, I think for like a buddy's bachelor party, which was going to involve people that like kind of weren't in our circle too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And there was like a guy who couldn't make it or whatever. Or no, maybe it was like the wrong number. I don't remember what it was. I think it was the wrong number. But basically this guy was like, I don't know who the fuck you guys are, (laughs) but stop fucking texting me. Let's start the show. Still start the show. Should we start it? Should we stop the show? Should we stop the show? Let's freaking freaking stop the show. Stop the show. Gearbuds Podcast is the show. Episode 189. Gearbuds Podcast, episode 189. My name's Henry. His name's Dave. Hey there. And this is our show. And we do it every week. And this is another week, and we're doing it now. Thank you so much for, for being here with us. It's uh one of my favorite things to do that I get to do in my life. So thanks for hanging out and doing this stuff. Let's dive into the, the symphony of corrections and give everyone their weekly reminder that cables are tone tubes. I saw a tone tube over there just when I came in. You know why? Because you got a new pedal board set up. Oh, that is not why. In fact, oh. <laughs> that, that's a true, a true story, true but statement. that is not, that's not why. Uh, no, that is so I don't forget to bring it because I am going to a little soiree on Saturday. And I'm bringing it as a as a gift. Oh, very nice! Mm. You're gifting someone a tone tube. I I felt that it because especially as it is Christmas colored. Yeah, it was a it was an apropos. It's appropriate. Bring along, and uh, it's uh, it's it's our good buddy Handsome Johnny PTD Vintage. You, oh, got, you got the invite as well, but you're yeah, gonna be I'm out gonna of be in town. freaking Michigan. Yeah. So that's gonna be that's gonna be fun. Well, so it's and this isn't a spoiler because the party will have happened by the time this comes out. Yeah, we're doing. Uh, we might have a, a different energy tonight. We're doing a little later, a little after work uh, recording tonight. Yeah, so. a little Wednesday. Well, Wednesday is dark outside, but you know I think we can bring it. I I turn an extra light on. Yeah, right? it's so great. it's not straight vampire. It's a good vibe in here. here right now. I like it. Uh, oh yeah what do we do we did the stuff we did the stuff thanks for doing the stuff we did. oh yeah follow us on the stuff subscribe on the stuff email us at the stuff gearboats podcast at gmail.com uh it's a short week it's a short week we're yeah. going in here stoked to be doing it stoked to be going to that that party yeah but, holiday party over at ptd vintage at right? ptd vintage i'm jealous man i'm jealous johnny i will be there eventually man Look, all I'm saying is Appreciate that if there the isn't some sort of jam sesh, I'm gonna be a little disappointed. You can, you might have to be that. You might have to start the jam sesh. You know what I'm I don't know. Be I, that guy, man. Handsome Johnny owns a freaking guitar <laughs> store. He knows well, he's how to gonna play be. He's stuff. gonna be. You know, mingling and, and making the rounds. I feel like. Yeah. So I, that's the thing. I don't know. I don't. You might know have how just pick up a gem People are gonna be. <laughs> what if I brought away? my own? Bring BYO jam <laughs> I almost said BYOJ. Uh, isn't yeah. everything BYOD? Yeah, it, it pretty much. Uh, let's get into the rare finds of the week because I did find one this week. We got to rename that. I don't like that name. But, okay. Uh, I saw a Dumble Overdrive special. Whoa. A real one. Real one. Dang. Who who famously owned it? Because it feels like everybody who's owned one at some That's point. That's a wonderful question famous. that was not specified. Maybe nobody yet. Because... We, it, and you already you kind of got exactly to the my the heart of my Dumble thing that I have have issue is that I've I've been able to play one and it was amazing and stuff but mm-hmm. those amps were made specifically for players and they're playing and them, them playing their own guitars and stuff right, right? they're so, tuned to the player in a yeah way, so right? it's always it's it's hard for me to think that I would get my hands on one and then it would just be automatically right for me yeah so this thing's for sale it's for sale from London Vintage Guitars of Denmark Street which cool. I feel like yeah. Denmark Street's been it comes coming up, up a lot, lot yeah. 
Uh, it's here's the interesting thing about it. And we'll, we'll, of course we're going to get to the price and I'm going to make you guess. But before that, I just wanted to tell you that it's, it's very, first of all, very limited specs provided decent photos, but not, not wonderful. It comes, it was originally a combo that with the Alexander Dumble is always really like those electro voice, whatever, 12 inch. I can't remember which Mm -hmm. ones. And it still has that in there. But at one point he got a head, cabinet for it so it comes in a head cabinet but then also with the combo so you can you can still just use that as like a head and in cab essentially if you wanted okay. to with like a blank space on the top where the amp usually is gotcha you know mm-hmm. um so or just you have the option of converting it back to being a combo like it was interesting before. yeah uh okay so what are they asking on that bit? well I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you that question because oh I got, dude I got the answer you know i don't know i mean the last one I saw for sale was like $150,000 or something like okay. that. So let's say $150,000. Well, yes. wait, wait, wait. This one is like technically it's it's been modified, correct? Or was this from the factory? No, you would you would no, Dumble you would himself. not cons- I would not consider this modified mm, personally cuz because in, in order to service an amp, you're taking it out of the cabinet. So that's something right. that's going to happen one way or another. True. Okay. Uh $150,000. It is currently listed no ball button, I should add. For two hundred and four thousand dollars, four hundred ninety-seven cents, or four hundred ninety-seven dollars and seventy cents. Don't get that seventy cents in there, yeah, man. Don't, I don't forget. Know. And like twelve hundred dollars shipping, I believe. Wow. Then like write that down. I bet it sells. I mean, that's, yeah. that's just that's just the the rarity and the the price right now. How many of stuff? That's, this is a hard question, but like are. They only made him for a few years, right? No, no, no. He's been doing it. He's I mean, it's just they're so limited. It's not like they've never been right. production amps. Right. So, I mean. How, and like, he takes how many... a long time to make them is the deal. So this might be like the only one for sale. Not just on He's River, still alive, right? I should add. And yeah. Still doing stuff. Yeah, I thought so. But I just wonder like how many. How many are out there, you think, even on the on the market? How many Dumble amps are out market? there? That is, a, that is a great question. Yeah. I bet I bet I bet you we're not the the first ding dongs to ask that question. So I'm we're gonna have to do a little little detective Google and I have to take my sweatshirt off because You're getting a little toasty? Woo! Dude, <laughs> Heating up with the Heine? It was the it was the Heine and the Dumble conversation that already got me done. You're you're getting you're getting cooked like those tubes in the back of the amp. I am getting hot. Well, I'm about to heat up a little more for you, bud. What do you got for us? First of all, you've got a little like fuzzy in your beard, do so I, I just want to give you a little little bro oh, tip. Yeah, go. uh, I've got two two ads that, uh, of which I have taken screenshots for us to talk about. One of which I've sent you already because I sent that right before you came over today. The drums. The drums. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could call it that. Let's come back to the drums because I want to start with the one that you haven't seen yet because okay. I'm going to show you a picture of this. And this is this was a, a Craigslist find, my friend. And it, I've got to be honest, it might actually be, in terms of Gearbuds deal hawking, a good deal. Okay, but. We'll just. I'll let you decide if you think that's actually true once I show it to you. Okay. Do you want? Do you want me to? T- do you want me to tell you what the guitar is before before you look at it? Uh. Or do you want to just experience? No, I'm going to tell you what it is. Okay. Just yeah. Let's. let's it's it's a PV, the PV HP Special. It's, it's supposedly a USA Custom Shop, which I'm no PV HP Special specialist. I did a little searching around on it, and I, I think it might be 
what they say it is. This is a PV amp, not it's a, a guitar. guitar. No, oh, it's it a, a guitar. guitar. Yeah. Okay, I don't know much. It kind of, you know, he, it's it's sort of super strat Eddie Van Haleny okay. kind of deal. Yeah. Uh, even with that sort of similarish headstock, mm-hmm. but all, somewhere between that and you know, like that T forty T sixty. Yeah, the kind of long longer headstock. Somewhere in between that, but it's I, I, Dave. I really I've really buried the lead because it's it's really about the finish on this guitar. <laughs> okay. And I'm just gonna show it to you now because yeah. I I think I want it. Oh, it's it's a tigre. <laughs> oh, that's a snow a snow tiger. It looks like, that, or it's just faded. I, I, yeah, I can't tell. It's also wow. it's the entire body, the front face of the guitar is just a photo, a really high res photo wrap of a tiger of a tiger <laughs> staring right at you, dude. That kind of fucking rips, dude. Could you not imagine that being a sacred robes guitar? Oh, I really could. Just for maybe a few songs, you know, you switch. I it just, out. I just found that today. Um, dude, I, I kind of like it too, man. Includes the original case. Okay. For a very cheap amount, can, can compared to if it is because they also made a cheaper version of this at the time that looked right. very similar. But it, it seems like the deal is that at this time for a few years with this specific USA custom shop guitar, you could give them any picture or you know photo file or image file and they would just put it on that guitar for you is that from the 80s or 90s no it's from i want to say i don't have it on it's first of all it's not in the ad which is wonderful in the if if my memory serves i believe it was uh early 2000s like 2003 to 2006 i'm just thinking about like which version of photoshop and like how how shitty and pixelated it actually looks up close. As far as it I'm looks good concer- from here. As far as I'm concerned, the worse the better. Ah, I like that. I don't think that this is. I I don't have high hopes for the rest. <laughs> this isn't some 8K. No, yeah, that's Photoshop two for sure. They were using <laughs> PS two. Um, we should we should tell people it's it's a super strategy thing. It's got yeah. it's HSH. It's got a Floyd. It does all. It's the things. got the 80s rocking. That's why I asked if it was 80s because yeah, but it has, has a black that, headstock uh, and mm-hmm. it sort of has you know that like Wolfgang with the sort of scoopy little thing yeah. that's kind of Ernie it's Ballish. The three by three headstock, right? With tuners on it. It or is, is that... but it you wouldn't like I wouldn't you wouldn't be surprised if it was a four by two. Yes. Ooh, that would actually look even. But cooler. it's a three by three. Yeah, dude, I kind of like it. The price. Okay, so the price, and we'll 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 divulge prices after this comes out in case I buy it. Okay, but the if 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 what again if it's what I it's supposed to be the few there are only a handful of them on Reverb and they're you know four x price like oh shit yeah they're in the four figures yeah oh, oh yeah yeah I've been, I've been into it so oh so if this is legit that this it's, is a it's, hell a, of- it's a deal yeah. So, Ooh. but the problem is that you know I'd want to I'd want to flip it, but you want to play friends, it, friends. I would have a hard time giving that guitar up. I could see you'd like. I it. hate playing guitars with Floyd Roses. To be clear, yeah, I hate palm muting on them, right? With a with a fiery passion, <laughs> but with a freaking tiger on it, dude. I mean, I think it rules. Um, if I were you, I would I would send an email if you haven't already. I haven't yet. I haven't had the opportunity. I wanted to run it by my bud. Even uh, for a little lower, just see what they say. They they might even be open to trades. It even says I might entertain an offer for another guitar of similar value, cash preferred. You got a few of those. I do happen to have a bunch of cash from a previous deal sitting at home right That's now. True. I didn't even think of that. Whatever, folks, we're we're getting off topic. Well, maybe I'm gonna own a freaking Tiger guitar at some point. Dude, I love so, it, man. You know, I had that snakeskin BC Rich for a while. 
Oh. And, and, and when I think about it, and it had like the crazy, like, not even the bat wings, but they like almost like the spidery, almost like spider leg bat wings, like were the, uh, were the wings that were coming off of it on the front. But then spider the back leg. Yeah, like they were bat wings, but they had like these like joints coming out the back. Oh, well, almost like, like a webbing sort of. Kind yeah, of, almost like, 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 like the, uh, you know, like a strat would come out with the round horns. Uh-huh. right? These horns were like pointy at the ends, yeah, but yeah. also had pointy elbows. Yeah. But yeah. then the back of the guitar was rounded like a strat. So it was kind of unique. And yeah. I had a hard time finding I, I know, another I know the one. shape you're talking about. Is that, is that's not a widow, perhaps? Perhaps. That would make sense. But um, when I, I went to go look up the price for it when I got rid of it. I don't even remember. I think I just gave it away to somebody or might have sold it this for is, like This is bucks. pre-Superbud days. This <clears> is <throat> way pre-Gearbuds. You weren't, you weren't flipping. You weren't, no, you weren't doing no. This is before stuff. the flipping and everything. But I remember it had like a fluorescent pink snakeskin pattern. So if I had the snake and you had the tiger, I mean, we would have been... It would have been a hell of a band. It's not too late. Based on looks alone. I would start that band in a heartbeat, buddy. <laughs> I've got another screenshot I mentioned, and you've seen this ad. I saw and, this and, one. And, and, and we're, we're, we're coming in late into the year. It's it's almost 2023 at this point. Yeah. We're in December. We have a, a late contender for ad of the year. Yeah, this is this is, this is is maybe like the, the funniest ad I've seen. And I don't know. I don't really know how to describe it, man. I'm not gonna read it or anything no, like that. It's, it's more about it's, it's it's more about just taking it in for the piece of art that it is. It's not the text. It's the it's the, the images. It's the, there are two photos in particular. All of them are actually pretty kind of good in, some, in a certain way. And but. actually, I, I will say I don't know much about the cost of drums, but with those photos, I don't think the asking price is very fair either. They're okay. So they're they're sonar sonar S class uh, maple uh, drums, six piece. Uh, from the 80s in emerald green super clean and uh okay so uh, let's just get into it man the 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 pictures <sighs> think of like a think of like the mm. like a sunroom or a basement floor with like that really cheap carpeting right isn't that what, what the, this looks like a living room to me but that carpeting right that, yeah or maybe you'd find in a public school so yeah like the kind where if kids barf on it it's easy to clean up <laughs> And the and the drum is just each drum is just on the floor. There's no well, for, for for the most part until you get to the last image. The first image, I the best. I I can't decide on best. What does best even mean in this post instance? There's the the gentleman who's he seems to be an older gentleman himself, yeah. older by probably in his forties or fifties. Uh, what I'm guessing is his mother is in the picture. Yeah. A very elderly woman in her house dress, and she's not just like kind prominently of, fo- featured in the kind photos. of in the picture, but like <laughs> almost like purposely in the picture. It was very strange. And I will add, there's a tub of. Looks she's like, not looking at the camera. She's she's actually looking away from the yeah. drums. I think she doesn't like the drums. She wants them out of the house. I think she wants them out. That's of the, the story. The backgrounds of the photo beyond this woman is also telling because there's just a lot of other stuff in there. There's too. a jug of pork rinds. I'm guessing pork rinds. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I what thought that maybe is. it was it was cheese doodles, but they're not orange enough. But you know those big tubs of like the, you know, like uh, the planters or the um, oh, uh, what are the brands? They make yeah. the cheese balls. Yeah, cheese balls. Yeah, yeah sure. But it's that. But the it's, it's pork rinds. I think it looks like pork. People rinds actually to me. like pork rinds, huh? I've had them. Yeah, they're not bad. Yeah, it's not my jam. I no, tried them. You know, they're bacony. But I. The last picture, though, mm-hmm. might might be my favorite. Yeah, 
because it's just the floor tom. There's no picture of the full drum kit, by the way. It's no, just it's individual each piece. photos of each piece, yeah. just one placed in the middle of the room haphazardly, <laughs> except for the last one, which is the floor tom. And in order to give that the best angle, he moved his elderly mother's walker into the middle of the room and placed the tom on the walker. Like a drum stand. A drum stand of sorts. <laughs> a tall drum stand. Yes. Oh, man. I. Yeah, and now I'm starting to think she wants him out of the house. Get him out of here. He said, He said, Ma, I listed him, right? For an outrageous They're price. They're listed. They're listed. No one's going to pay for this. He goes, As long as they don't sell, what am I going to do? Uh, and he then, also, uh, I, should, I should close with the fact that he closed with the fact uh, of that he wanted to wish us all uh, God bless America. There you go. Yeah. Denton, Texas. Exactly. So if you want to go search it out, uh, it's a Sonar S-Class Maple Shell six-piece shell pack, 1980s emerald green. I have a feeling those aren't going anywhere. Not for thirty five hundies. Not for that much. Money. I don't know though. I mean, this feels like that feels like a banger listing to me. That it's gonna it's gonna blow up. And maybe I'm wrong. Does, does Sonar? Is it like Mapex? Do they, do they make a high end drum? It's Sonar. Oh, they're very nice drums. Yeah. In fact, Alan, the, who's one of the best drummers I've ever played with, who is the drummer in Volcanoes. Yeah, of course. He uh, played a seventies Sonar kit. Oh, that cool. Is I would I would I would in a heartbeat if he wanted my Ludwig kit. Wow. Trade them. No, nice. no question. They're so, cool. Those drums are so fucking good. Uh, oh, oh, we got a little update. Mm. Bob Dylan auto pen drama. Okay. Uh, he Nine? apologized. Oh. Turns he made out, a statement, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I guess he started doing this around 2019 because he got vertigo. Oh. And okay. then with pandemic stuff, he couldn't have people around him. Sure. Uh, and then in the, in his statement, I, I qu- quote, he said uh, he was given the the assurance that this kind of thing is done all the time in the art and literary worlds. Ooh, that, that makes me when we talked about that last episode or when the last episode we talked about mm. this was now you're like, do I have to go through everything I have that's autographed? Exactly. And start kind of doing a little little. There are thankfully are. Um, people working on this including a collective called it's a website called autograph live mm-hmm. and people do this because you know even if you have the your you know even if you're hand signing everything and it's your still your signature it's going to be very every single time you do it you never oh, do absolutely it exactly the same never and so that's kind of how they figure this stuff up if enough people submit right. then you can see oh are there matches well yeah whatever. you said uh in the last episode or whatever they it was 19 different versions yeah of that. this article said 17 or so se- i'm not well, sure yeah, to believe it something around there but yeah, yeah. So um, I guess it turns out there are other prints that this he, that he had like art prints that where he had done this too hmm. with the auto pen. And so now he's trying to figure out ways with the publishers to make it all right, and he's you know gonna gonna fix so it all. So I know it's a fake signature, but I just want to throw this out there, mm-hmm. a little devil's advocate, because it's what I, the game I love to play. Mm-hmm. Does does it make it still worth a little bit more than something without the signature? If he oversaw the signatures being done. Obviously, an original signature now. Is now it does more. because it's a news story, and right. you have that to tie to it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to be worth more long term, but if you no, have that right course. now, you could definitely sell it for more than you paid for right. it. Which actually is also now zero dollars because everyone got their money back on that, anyways. Wow. Well, I hope so, his vertigo is cured. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know how mm-hmm. that how that's all going. Uh, what do we got? We got a whole bunch of stuff. Let's keep it moving. Uh, Fender released a whole bunch of dad fedoras uh, this week. Yeah. Uh, with uh, the Jaguar Brixton, yeah. So they, it's like this collab with Brixton, which I actually have 
Something. Yeah, Brixton has I have their, like, their, a jacket of theirs. I think I have a hat or something, like a beanie. And uh, they've they've released a Jaguar collection. So if you're a big fan of Jaguar stuff, I, 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 it's, some of it's okay, but some of it really is just like just de- like fedoras and stuff. Well, I don't, I can't rock the dad cap. It just doesn't fit my head. You know, like the one with like the, oh, the I floppy. Oh, I wish, With yeah. like the pullback, you know, you pull I know, yeah, I, I, my head's too big. They have a hat like that that's kind of a fedora-y, kind of like baseball, like you, you pull yeah. it down real tight. I, I don't look good in that, but my, now here's the thing, you know, cause we were talking about when like Gibson came out with some line of clothing and they were, it was like wacky designs. Oh, what was the, 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 the he's a famous They designer. teamed up with, uh, was it Billy Reed? Yes. And then. Which by the way, I was shopping, I don't know, a couple months ago. You saw some? Saw some of his stuff and yeah, it's like up, I mean like it's high scale clothes. Yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not, not cheap. cheap. But then I was also like, <clears throat> I saw the thing and it's, all they did was take Jaguar off the headstock from like the 60s version, like the TV letters. Yeah. And it just says Jaguar over the cap, which I kind of like it. And I don't think I would want a one that says like jazz bass or something. Jazz bass. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that'll be way better. Oh my God. <laughs> that would be so awesome. I fucking, we need to make that. But yeah, but I don't know. I, it, it's also just kind of funny to have a hat that just has like. You know the sans serif like jaguar going across the top. Like it's just kind of weird to me. Jazz bass, but it, oh, I don't know. I think it. I think it would be funny if it wasn't in Fender, like like the actual headstock font. Yeah, there would just be in some like, jazz bass, like some just sort some, of serif, just like really shitty lettering. Should I get that made? I think it's just jazz bass. I could do that. <laughs> oh yeah, but yeah, if you're interested <laughs> in that stuff, it's it's between fifty and one hundred fifty dollars for the stuff, so not that expensive. Uh, speaking of expensive stuff, though, I, Guitar World released an interesting article, which actually was about a reverb report that the price of used Hello Kitty strats has spiraled. I out of saw control. this. Unbelievable! This is crazy. In recent years, it has risen from an average of two hundred seventy-five dollars in twenty nineteen, which was still actually more than those cost, I believe, or maybe they're ex- the, almost like the same. What they were they like one ninety-nine when they came something out? like that. Yeah, yeah I don't cheap. remember exactly. Uh, but uh, in this year, uh, year of our Lord twenty twenty-two, they're up to seven hundred dollars. <laughs> oh my god! On average, is it just because they maybe didn't make that many, or it was kind of a goof and people just started collecting them? Or well, what? there are some theories. Okay. Open. Uh, f- could be limited, but I don't. I don't know, man, because I worked for Zounds when yeah. those were a- around, and we sold a lot of them. There, were, they, there, were, we were. There was no shortage. And of didn't Hello they come Kitty in Strats. like a box, or am I confusing them with like the Daisy Rock stuff? I can picture a a special gig bag. Yeah, and I and I'm positive that there were both pink and white at one mm-hmm. point. I remember. I do I remember, remember that. But that we're talking about over two hundred fifty percent increase <laughs> in just a few years on this thing. Yeah, a lot of people think that uh, there. So there's, and we've actually talked about him on the show before. There's this YouTuber, The Do, mm-hmm. and uh, he he's a, he's a ripping guitar player. But he was, we we're talking about how he does the kind of cringy shit where he like dressed up as a girl and then like would shred on a Hello Kitty Strat and oh, like, it would, yeah. like surprise people and they're like, surprise. oh my god, a girl yeah, can shred right. whatever. Uh, but he's popular. So it's possible that people have been, enough followers of, of his. Yeah, but I don't know if it's just that. It's yeah. Maybe the, I, I, they, there's no way that that doesn't at least partially contribute, sure. but that's probably not all of it. They're just, I, don't, I mean, they're, it's, I've always thought they were cool looking. Like, the, the it's got a custom pick guard, you know? What were the models they made? They made the, it was like a, was it a Music Master guitar? It was a Strat. Oh, it was a Strat. Yeah. Did they make a Mustang bass too? I want to say they did something not like that a I, short not scale that I know bass. Of possible. I'll come back to you guys with yeah, that next well, week. Yeah, it'll be a little symphony yeah, item. Remember. 
So uh, th- now, dude, I looked. There are listings thousand oh, oh, dollars. What for the Squire Hello Kitty strap from two thousand six, not like eighties or something. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm just trying to think of, I mean, the general Squire stuff has gone up in value, too. Like the used Squire stuff. The, like not the, not like the Affinities. Well, they, they, no, were, Affinities they weren't even still, making that yet. No. But. But, uh, what was it? Yeah, it was just the Squire, not the Bullet series. And the right? cool classic vibe came out sometime. Around then, a, right? A bit later, or perhaps, but sometime yeah. around then, yeah. Squared, I don't know. I'm not really. I mean, yeah, I'm not I don't really think those. Has, actually, expert. I don't think those have gone up. I'm not an ex squire Uh, you know what did go up? Uh, freaking uh, the bass player from Fleetwood Mac's bass. Mm, I saw Alembic. that thing. That fretless. Alembic. John McVie's one of a kind Olympic Series One. So sweet. Fretless. Used to record the chain. <clears throat> sold. Did you see how much it sold, it sold for? It was uh like a hundred thousand. Hundred. 128,000 in fact uh yeah so they sold a bunch of stuff it turns out but that was well didn't um, the, by far the didn't the wooden balls go for like 140,000 <laughs> the wooden balls that from Mick the album Fleetwood wore on the cover of uh rumors yeah. sold no no I'm sorry those sold for 128,000 yeah the base sold for a hundred they went for more than the base the That's wooden what I balls reading. sold for more than the base wow I totally <laughs> fucked that up I guess right. you have a bigger fan base of just like Fleetwood Mac fans than maybe Fleetwood Mac base fans or something but seems like I'd rather have the base for a hundred than wooden balls for 128,000 <sighs> yeah you'd hang those balls in your truck though man you know I'm rocking some <laughs> sack on that with those wait, what are those truck nuts truck nuts yeah uh, yeah, absolutely. that's the ultimate pair. Of absolutely, truck right there. but they they had estimated that it was actually only going to go forty to sixty, so it like wow. way surpassed it. Didn't I think a lot of stuff from that auction because of the death of uh, McVeigh that it went a lot of absolutely. stuff went a lot higher, right? Yeah, you know the coolest thing that sold was though hmm. a nineteen sixty two base six gifted by Peter Green. Yes, that sold, which I would I'm honestly wasn't that would like- cons- not. I shouldn't, but I would even I would consider this price. That was twenty five twenty two thousand. Yeah, that I mean, seems considering in an old a not base crazy six, for that. Vintage base sixes are ten to fifteen thousand in some cases. So, gifted by Peter Green to John McVie. Wow. Do you know the craziest part about that? That kind of whole article when I read that, and um, I didn't realize that was that base on the chain. That's why I said I said that. I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. I, I I read that though, and I didn't realize. Oh. I thought that was a P base all the way on that part. I you know I gotta the be real. Do, 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 I don't do, think do, I could pick do, do, out the tone of an alembic. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like I can I could usually unless be like, like oh yeah that's I think that might be a jazz base or I think right. that might be a Rick, unless you but, know who's playing it like if it's Stanley Clark or something like okay obviously that's good an call alembic. right but, but I just like pure tonally I don't think I could tell you like what the like what are the tonal characteristics. But I used to think about that bass riff in that song and be like. That is quintessential P bass tone. No way. To the max. Yeah. Like I want my bass to sound like that. Well, now we know how. And now I know that it's not even. It's a an Olympic. God damn. Got to go make it. Got to go <laughs> find. Go get scra- that. Scrape up 100k. Jeez. Oh wow! So much beef. I gotta. T- we gotta talk about this. Chaos Audio. Who I had not heard of before this. Sent, the first ever guitar pedal, into space. What? <laughs> nice. So they, uh, you know, maybe we have talked about it because there. I remember they've done a Kickstarter or two, and it's basically a uh, 
single size, you know, you're just like standard sort of MXR size mm-hmm. Hammond box, but a multi effect. And it has a one big knob sort of deal on it. And then this sort of like cool LED strip that does like different stuff yeah, on the top. Yeah, it's kind of ringing a bell. And you can connect it somehow. I, don't, I can't remember if it's USB or Bluetooth to your machine and upload different effects into it. So it's sort of like an H9 or something like that where it, it, it can do, I think it can only do one at a time. I'm not sure if the patches can have multiple effects in them or not, but can only do one thing at a time sure. and then you can load different ones in from your computer. Okay. And they've also sort of instituted like where you don't get everything sort of like Eventide used to do and then you can like either subscribe and get them all or like pay a dollar. I don't know. It's, okay. It's, it's a whole thing. Regardless, the pedal is called Stratus, fittingly, mm. and they basically made one of those giant weather balloons with a camera, Shot it up shoved there. it up there, but actually were able to track it and then retrieve it. It, it, oh. it was like, uh, let's see, 150 miles away, they um, they found it in Quitman, Georgia. They, they launched it from Panama City Beach, Florida. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And I watched the YouTube vid. How did they get it down? They had a string on it the whole time or something? Yeah, just a big long string. Okay. Well, they sent a weather balloon up in the air and then they just tracked it. Oh, I see. And, like when it came and came down oh, far it away. Had to come it away. went, you know, it, when we say space. It didn't go up past the uh the you get sucked up ter- there. There's there's no sucking. Well, you get up too high and then you can't come back or something like well, that. Well, if you don't have a if you don't have a propellant, yeah, right. you're just going to yeah. keep going. Unless they put boosters on that thing. You got fucking j- j- boost j- pedal. J- j- <laughs> Come on, guys. That's too easy. <laughs> oh, you, you definitely. That's you, fun stuff. Good job. Uh, yeah, but so uh, you can actually order this pedal now, and I believe uh, December 9th, which will be have will have surpassed that date by the True. time this comes out. Uh, it comes. It goes for sale. Cool. And and yeah, so I don't really understand. There's this like pre order thing. Where they're like, yeah, we're going to give you a bunch of free effects anyway, but also you can give us a dollar and you'll get all of them for life. And it's like, I don't really understand what the structure of that is. So, mm. you know, buyer beware on that. Go check it out. But uh, I want you to guess. What do you think? The, the pedal? Stratus pedal. Oh. Um, and, of course, there's been Kickstarters where it was cheaper and yada, yada. But for for now, there's a, a, a price. Yeah, 200 bucks. That's unfortunately a little bit more. 399 Ooh, Yeah. Okay. So it's got, it's got a price to match it's uh astronomical yeah deal. but you know nice. uh, i i don't i'm not i don't want to talk talk down on it because it's not it's not any more expensive than even even tight h9 right. and those are uh those are just basically the same kind of deal so yeah so maybe could, it's good it's a shootout haven't used it oh dear did you see pedal havens uh pedal f- pedal interest by state no uh, map that came out. So no, they, they did a, a bunch map. Of, they did. They did a map. Oh, dude. I, I know. Love maps. I know you do. And I, so I'm surprised you didn't send it to me. Uh, it's they came out. They it was two maps. They scraped a bunch of Google data and by search interest defined each state's favorite pedal brands. That's so cool. And they kind of broke it into two tiers. I don't know exactly how they split it up, but it was like. The, the there there was one version where it was just like three huge pedal makers that like dominated the whole thing, and then there was another version where it was much more granular and sort of like more boutique. I think it might be like big builder versus like boutique sure. builder, maybe. Okay. Um. So I want you to guess. Sh- Illinois, Illinois, Chi-Town. Chicago, the brand, the for the 
for the biggest for the biggest one. Um, because I'm, there's, I'm going to tell you right now, there's no chance in a million years you're going to guess the boutique brand. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, um, yeah. There's just too many out there. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go big, but but not. I'm going to say Electroharmonics. That is a, a very good guess. As Electroharmonics mm-hmm. tops the table, most popular in 28 states. However, Illinois is not one of those states because the top big brand uh, that we we tend to search for here is Strymon. Oh, cool. Yeah, okay. they've got 14, and then TC Electronic have nine other states. Where is Strymon again? Are they California? Strymon? Do you remember? Are they even a, a, a U.S. company? I, I do not know. I, are they? Because we met them they at NAMM. Calif- we met the CEO I think guy. they're California. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. I don't, I don't know exactly. All right. That's a good question. Oh, but uh, in terms of the boutique brands. Yeah. Run a few by me because I'm not going to be able to guess. Well, it was everything from your, you know, Death by Audio right. in New York. Walrus. To Walrus. Earthquaker. Earthquaker. JHS. Those those folks. In Illinois, mm-hmm. the winner was Empress Effects. Oh, cool. Which, yeah, they're great pedals. Yeah, they make cool stuff. Really cool stuff. But you, they, I feel like they're kind of a dark horse in a lot of ways. People don't really talk about them as much as some of the other really hip boutique brands. Real how pop, did they get? Pedals. I wonder how they gathered it. How did you say they they allocated the? Was it from? It was Google search data. Google search yeah. data. Okay, which so it wasn't like through Reverb to, or something like that. No, 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 it was it was all just search. And and I don't know exactly what keywords they used. I'm sure that they've. I hope that they've published that somewhere. I should check. I should. I should check into that because that's kind of my job. But, uh, I the, the map part. I just feel like I love it, it was okay. Like that. It was a pretty decent implementation. I feel yeah. like. I mean, you're a map boy, so you could probably you probably got a little I more creative this or that. that. I don't. I I know well, stuff. Yeah, I mean, you've seen like the uh, football ones, or which aren't really searches, but when they do like the team and like which state and stuff. Exactly, most jersey sales. You've seen the Pornhub and... one, which they, you know, what's searched. It's, it's milfs everywhere. It's step step sisters. <laughs> yeah, everywhere. God, so weird. But yeah, um, all right. So that's that's pretty cool, man. I think I have to see that graphic and really. Kind yeah, of yeah. It tell pedal, them I'll do pedal Haven Instagram. Yeah. yeah, we could come up with our own. Do a little Gearbuds version. Uh, I've got an idea. Now, before we do this idea, because this is a beefy symphony, mm-hmm. uh, two things I want to check in on. A couple base facts. Uh, is it really called the Hootenanny button? Have we talked yeah, about this? Yeah, it's one of the names of it, okay. yes. Because it's, we, a, it's a strap button, because it was a functional strap pin. Yeah, exactly. Which, w- what we're talking about the is back, the uh, base of a, pre-CBS. A uh, the back, the beat, the beat. From 59 to like 64, I think there was a strap button on the back. Of the Fender P bass neck and, and the jazz bass too, and they uh, you could actually put your strap through that. So for upright players, they could hold the bass upright. It would give you a better angle to to wear the bass straight up and down. Have you ever tried to do it straight up and down? I've never tried it. I probably should. I kind of want to try it. Be kind of fun. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the seventy five has one. And also speaking speaking of old basses. Uh, I had to I had to quote you because you said something funny about we were talking about oh yeah because we watched that one bass collection video yeah I love that Thanks and for uh, that. the uh, that you called the turd pickup in a music master <laughs> is is, a, is actually just a strap pickup which it is and I I forgot that fact mm-hmm. um, some people know that I I think you know I had a friend with a music master once and he mentioned that and I completely forgot so does that, it still like pick the, up the bottom end not like you'd want it to yeah. I mean it's not like tinny or anything like that mm-hmm. but it's uh. It's plunky, you know, because the bass still is a longer scale than a Strat, and you have the fatter strings, so it's still going to sound lower than a Stratocaster guitar. 
But it is the six pole piece strat pickup. Which doesn't even line up with the four strings of a no. music master bass. So yeah, turd pickup. It's a strat. <laughs> and uh okay, so I had this idea and you tell me how you're feeling about it. we might I don't know, maybe we maybe we save it for another time, maybe we get into it. I want to hear All what right. you, you think. I had this idea that it would be really fun for us as a little as a little exercise in game where we you know, set some limits. But uh, where we would decide, we would pick rigs for each other, you okay. know, like an instrument and an amp and a pedal sure. that we would hate the most. Oh, dear Lord. Well, we've got to have some, rest- like, we've got to have some. No, we don't have to have any I don't think, uh, maybe we don't need to have restrictions. I mean, I could do this without looking, like, on my phone or anything. Yeah, me I'm too. Sure. Oh, yeah. me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, are you gonna do like a bass one for me, and then I'll do a guitar well, one? Well, that's for what you? I was gonna ask you. We, I mean, or we could even we could even do both. That might be wacky, but that'd be pretty fun. I don't. know. What do you think? I didn't. Yeah. I, I didn't like prepare. Uh, I just sort of had the thought, wrote it down. Put yeah, it I kind of like it. Kind of forgot about it until now. Now, as far as the rig, what are we saying? Like guitar and an amp. Amp, guitar, one pedal. Pedal. Okay. All right. You want to do it? Yeah, okay. let's do it, man. Okay, should we start with guitar bass? Yeah, let's do guitar. Okay. I think it'll be fun. You go first. Okay. Okay, yeah. cool. <clears throat> I'll do I'll do bass first. Jeez, I'm really flimmy tonight. I apologize. It's, it's um, all those freaking Amsterdam heinies. Yeah, this is my first one, and it's still, it's really, it's really uh, clinging they, to my do throat. They, do they make those here now? <clears throat> I'm sure. I'm sure they do. Yeah. Brewed and bottled by Heineken, Amsterdam, Holland. Oh, okay. Imported by White, in White Plains, New York. So, imported. There it is. Um, Drinking those imports. So fancy. Um, geez. Okay. Well, for you, with the guitar, I'm going to have to go. We're going electric guitar, obviously, I think. I mean, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with the, uh, okay. And, and, you know, it's still kind of cool, I think. But I'm going to go with the, uh, the Fender Bronco guitar. Okay. <laughs> Which, for people who don't know, it's the it's basically the mu- music master, but with the one pickup only at the at the neck. Yeah, there's no bridge pickup. Mm. Uh, they made them in fun colors. I'm thinking a yellow one. They made a yellow one, mm. and they made them in the early '80s, I think, late '70s. So they're kind of cool. Um, for a uh, for a pedal, I'm thinking a <laughs> a Donner Overdrive. Oh, I'm so disappointed. There is there is an obvious answer for me on that one. Okay. Well, you know Donner though. Oh, I do. The am, the, the Amazon, Amazon brand. brand, uh, you know, $19, $15, but it's the overdrive, so it's going to be awesome sounding. I all I'm saying is that like I feel like it's part of my personality how much I hate chorus pedals. Oh, you're right, dude. I feel like that's you're a, right. maybe that's, Well, I want to have I want you to have a little fun with it. You know? <laughs> I th- no, I don't. I, I'm going to tell you, I don't want you to have fun oh, with the okay. rig that I make for that's you. That's fine. The point is the rig that you hate the most. Oh, right. I just I was look, looking for what would sound shitty. Um, well, well, sounding shitty to oh, oh, I see. I okay. mean, I, I would hate if it sounded shitty. So, yeah, right. You, that, know. you know, that's I, I was kind of more thinking about sort of like looks slash. Sure. Uh, you can do that like, too. Like your playing experience well i'm i'm sticking with what i got okay so it was a a, a bronco <laughs> a fender bronco i, I think you no know, probably the squire version at least actually. it's a short scale it's short scale um and then the donner overdrive which you know is going to sound great and then for the amp i'm going dan electro honeytone amp the one that's battery powered oh, you can wear it on your yeah. belt 
Dude, that's which a, was a cool little amp, but they just, sound. You just made a cool rig. You they can't sound help so bad. Make I can't cool have rigs. my earbuds, dude. <laughs> oh man! I mean, you caught me a little off guard. If I, you know, had a little time, I probably would have come up with something this, even. This shittier. is a good one we could re- revisit. I'm gonna give you a for a guitar guitar rig. Guitar. I'm gonna give you the like maybe like an agile uh, seven string. Ooh. There's ain't no way I'm getting around on a seven string. And I don't think I couldn't imagine you even trying that. And you'd be like, dur, 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 dur. I want to play bass parts. Yeah. Don't you have one? I could try it. Somewhere? Actually, Dan Lou has it oh, still right. for years. I'm fucking thief. <laughs> uh, pedal. I'm going to give you just a harmonizer pedal, but like a, Ooh. like a shitty, like a, zoom one from the nineties. <laughs> oh, the nineties. was kind of cool, man. But it would it basically like because they're, they're very complicated pedals mm-hmm. that rely on sophisticated software and algorithms sure. and stuff now. So it's like it's gonna be hard for you to use to play and it's and gonna play sound bad even once you do. Place. And then play because you're you're a, a bit of a guitar banger. You you cut you bang out chords. You're I not, do. You're I'm not a, you're not a leadman. I'm a power horse. Harmonizers are almost specifically for playing leads. <laughs> yeah. so. It's gonna be mud butt city, dude. And for amp. I don't know. I almost kind of want to keep like just like the most complicated (laughs) metal focused half stack, but like solid state, like a a line six, like a nice (laughs) line six Veta or something from, you know, where maybe it had like a real fizzy tube front end for it. I could rock that shit. But you have to have the harmonizer pedal on at all times. Oh my god! <laughs> well, yeah, you, we have to use both of our respective pedals at all times. Yeah, you probably still could rip it on that on the Dan Electro Honeytone with the. I dude, I want I want the rig that you just created. I have. I think I sure. found my Honeytone the other day. You had one of those. I bought one years. Which, which ago. color did you have? Aqua blue or aqua, aqua green? The least, the least, the least cool one. Twenty dollars at guitar. There was a red one and a cream one and that cream I was definitely one. chosen. Over might have that. been a black one too. I, think. I had a few of those. My my first, my second, dude. My or no, my third pedal that I ever had. I had a the DoD FX fifty two fuzz which I have right there. I had a Crybaby Wah, and then I got a Dan Electro Cool Cat Chorus. And oh yeah, it was, uh, because I wanted to be able to sound. I remember specifically saying that I wanted to be able to sound like nothing else matters. Aren't some of the Dan Electro ones a little bit coveted, or am I thinking of like the fab some of those? Tones? No, some of those are good, dude. The reverse delay one is goes for like four hundred dollars. Yeah, now. yeah, I thought so. So, uh, oh, that's fun. Do we want do we want to do a bass rig too? Let's save bass for uh, save another, for another time. Yeah, All right. Well, we'll, in that case, you better get your notes out, buddy, because we've reached the right. end of the symphony, and we've reached the beginning. Oh, Dave Stocks. Oh, Dave <laughs> Give it to us. Oh, I just noticed. What, is, what does your shirt say? Napco, Pro- Napco, property of Napco Steel. It was my dad's old company oh, that he worked awesome. for. This is probably my oldest T-shirt. I think I got it? it in probably like '93 or '4. That's great. I've never seen that one before. Yeah. It's in great condition for being. It spattled. is. You know, I dug it up recently, and I was like, it was probably in like a bag of like clothes I didn't wear, so busted it out. It's pretty comfy. What are we talking about today? I watched one that you recommended to me quite some time ago, okay. my friend, and I'm not. I, I don't even recall if you've watched it yet. So if you okay. have, uh, it'll be a bonus. But if not, I can. I can. I can do some splaining. 
And I watched, which is available on Netflix, the documentary called Rumble. Ah, oh, yes, the uh, the I that the just Link came... Ray, uh, you know, Native American Native American, right? Music across the, how it influenced the music across. That, the that US. just I was I was scrolling through the Netflix recently. I was like, oh, you know Dude, what? I still haven't watched that. It's really cool. Yeah, I will say this: it it reads a little more like a more like a history documentary than like a rock doc because they they go a bunch of, around a bunch oh, of different musicians. Would you would this make your criteria for? rock and roll movie um you know the conversation we're having there's there's rock docs there's dave's yeah. docs no, this is definitely a dave's it's doc, definitely obviously. dave's doc but it's more of like a history documentary because okay. there's there's a lot of cool history stuff behind it a lot of like you know if you're into like american history and stuff like hmm. that and especially like native american stuff it's it's fucking amazing um when did it come out a couple years ago dude right? i didn't write down the year and i don't recall but i think it was like 2015 or 16 okay. but it's on netflix if people want to watch it i really liked it though um so Link Ray, you know the song Rumble is oh, what yeah. it's based on. I used to, that was my soundcheck song for years. Dude, it might be one of the most iconic guitar riffs mm-hmm. in like the history of music. And when that song came out, I, was it like 57 or something like I don't that? Know. 58. I mean, people were like there basically hadn't been like real like electric like riff guitar parts yet. And I think they said something about how he like he fucking he fucked his speaker up to get like that overdrive mm-hmm. tone that's supposedly going on. they poked a hole poked in it. Hole, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they go into a little history about a bunch of guys. So I'll just kind of run down the history of you know some of these like main players who were na- who were actually Native American uh, rock stars, uh, which was cool because they don't get enough credit in in American uh, history today with rock music. Absolutely. Um, so Link Ray, obviously huge inspiration. His biggest inspiration to who he he inspired was Pete Townsend. Um, there's actually a they showed they did a side by side video of Link Ray because he was really like a showman. He would like run around on stage and like hold the guitar up like way up in the air and strum it like crazy, hmm. which was kind of a Townsend move. Oh yeah, ten years later or whatever. So I thought that was pretty fucking cool. He grew up singing uh, gospel. He learned guitar um, at a really young age. He ended up. Um, yeah, so here's here's what was fucking interesting, man. I didn't know this. A lot of blues, like original, like Delta blues, were majorly influenced by Native American music. So he was from North Carolina, and mm-hmm. a lot of Native Americans went down to New Orleans to get away from like the KKK and shit like that because they were being hunted. Basically, they were, you know, really discriminated against, and they kind of hid down there as that was safe for them to hide. And um, so that's where a lot of it, it's r- traditional blues and Delta blues came from native American players. Uh, Charlie Patton, who was probably one of the first who influenced uh sun house and howling wolf. Mm-hmm. He taught howling wolf, like how to play guitar. Yeah. Like he was a native, he was half native American. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's fucking fascinating. So there was all these people in this movie that I was like, what? There was this jazz singer in the late twenties, early thirties named Mildred Bailey. You'd recognize her voice. I mean, if you heard it, I couldn't really name any famous songs, but Tony Bennett was like, she, all I did was listen to her records hmm. like every day. And he became one of the greatest singers ever. So what's the general structure? Like, is there a, is there a main narrator or so, something? That's, that's Yeah, there's, so there's narration. Oh, so there's, there's people and I'll go down my guest spots. Cause there's a guest long, spots. List I, of guest I know spots. that's, I know that slash is one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well he, I, he's not native American though, which I didn't, but he, he's like the cover of the movie. Yeah, on I Netflix. know. And, but they didn't do, they didn't cover. He's him. not native American. I don't, think so weird yeah, that's so weird they didn't get to him uh is it, it was the cover for you too when you saw it right because mm-hmm. i know they change that shit all the time and he narrates some of it okay but i think he's talking about 
a lot of the people who are narrating in it um, were basically, aside from Robbie Robertson, who was still in it from the band, mm-hmm. he was native, part Native American, right. he was part Cherokee. Um, he was basically like, you know, he narrates in it, but a lot of the people narrating it are the people who were influenced by this music mm-hmm. and kind of just talking about how they knew about the culture and all this stuff. Um, oh, dude, there was a guy, there was a guy named Peter Lafarge who I'd never heard of. And he basically was like the first, he was the first folk singer ever signed to Columbia records before Bob Dylan hmm. in like the early sixties or whatever. Native American. Did you, did they, did you hear, like, did you recognize the music at all? I didn't really recognize the songs. I mean, they were beautiful songs. Mm-hmm. Um, but he influenced a Johnny Cash album. This is crazy. Johnny Cash was really influenced by Native American music and and kind of these guys coming up at this time. And Columbia Records didn't want him to put out this record. The record's called Bitter Tears. And he did end up putting it out. But the whole record's kind of based around like the injustice that was going on in history and Trail everything. Tears. And it's called Bitter Tears. And... Um, Essentially, Columbia Records was like, we're not going to release this record because people were trying to censor this. Like they didn't want people to know, you know, that America had a fucked up history. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Especially these major American companies like Columbia Records, CBS and all this stuff. So they were like, fuck that. And he's like, fuck that. I'm putting it out or I'm like leaving your label. So he ends up putting it out. And I guess in the liner notes in the vinyl copy, it's Johnny's rec. It's Johnny's letter to Columbia Records being like, fuck you guys. Like. I'm putting this out. No way. So that was pretty fucking that's, cool. That's really badass. Yeah. Uh, Robbie Robertson, I know we talked about the band on here, mm-hmm. but like he's such a good fucking guitar player. Like oh, it's yeah. unreal. At 16, he was playing in a band called Hawkins and the Hawks, I think they were called. Dude, I mean, just like his style was so above and beyond like what people were doing at that time in like the late 50s. Incredible. Um, so, and then obviously the cool connection was the Hawks were originally Bob Dylan's backing band, who then a lot of those members became the band who later were Bob on. Bob Dylan's backing band. But right when here. Bob Dylan went electric, it's the whole 1966 mm-hmm. tour, and people hated that he went electric and all that. And he's like, look, you guys, I'm going electric. Um, so that was fucking cool. My favorite, personally, and this yes. guy influenced Slash, there was a guitar player for Taj Mahal, uh, to, to mention many, named Jesse A. Jesse Ed Davis. Have you okay. heard of this dude? I don't think so. Dude, you got to look up some solos of Jesse Ed Davis. He, like his licks are unreal. He, first of all, he played badass fucking like mid 60s Telecasters, which I thought was cool. Oh, yeah. He then became friends with John Lennon. John Lennon said, you're one of the best guitar players I've ever played with in my entire life. So that was fucking cool. Then he did the George Harrison Bangladesh concert because Eric Clapton mm. ended up dropping out of that because he was sick. Supposedly. Um. And then here's what you'll really recognize if you're a Jackson Brown fan, Dr. My Eyes on the solo. Dr. My Eyes. I'm not the world's oh, biggest Jackson dude. Brown knower. So they play it a lot on MeTV, which I listen to like all day. <laughs> I remember we went over this last week. I listened to the radio. Yeah. Um, they play Dr. My Eyes like at least once a day during the hours that I'm listening to it. And he did one take on the solo, walked in, didn't even know, like didn't even really like know the length of the solo. Just went and fucking played it. Set the guitar down, came back in, and that's the take they used on the fucking recording. That's which a pr- that's always a pretty blows tough my story. Mind. Always blows my mind. Big time. Um, so that was fucking badass. Then you might have heard this famous band called Redbone. Yeah. There was a guy named Pat Vegas. Um, they did the Come and Get Your Love song on Midnight Special, which Come was. Come and get your yeah, love. Doom, doom, doom. Great bass line inspired the Black Eyed Peas for mm. Let's Get It Started. Like oh. all, yeah. Like 
all these all these connections they made through this movie, which I thought was kind of the the most impactful thing that I saw about it, was mm-hmm. like these guys didn't just play in some bands and were forgotten. They were like major rock influences throughout the history. Um, then there's a guy named Steve Salas, guitarist, mid '80s LA music scene. Uh, he was Rod Stewart's lead guitar player, and he was George Clinton's guitarist. Shit, um, motherfucker was such a badass. Uh, and then just to mention a drummer, because, you know, drummers got to have some love, too. There's a drummer named Randy Castillo, who was a holy shit drummer. He played for Ozzy, Motley Crue, Lita Ford, kind of that mid 80s yeah. thing. Wow. Unreal fucking people. I'm so glad this documentary exists. I'm so glad it exists. I kind of put it off for a while because I was like, I knew it would be kind of hist- history, you know, historical. Mm-hmm. And like, sometimes I just like to just like to rock out, you know, which you can you can rock out with this. But there's a lot of like narration there's a lot of like history and and storytelling but again they it jumps around from artist to artist so it's not it's not just one long story about Mm -hmm. a band you know which i i can kind of dig sometimes the guest spots spots iggy slash taylor hawkins robbie robertson dan arbach wayne kramer of mc5 Mm. quincy jones buddy guy tony bennett rob trujillo martin scorsese elliot easton and jackson brown and obviously, Rob Trujillo was—he uh, was half uh, whole, whole long list of scrubs, dude. Um, yeah, bunch of losers, right? Gear spots, pretty decent. Uh, the uh, uh, sorry, I just lost it. <laughs> Link Ray played a—he uh, played it or like a Cherry SG was kind of what he was known for. But he also played this wacky like '60s Strat uh, thing with a point. Dude, I I didn't know that. And the ba- the guitar that I played when I used rumble as my soundtrack song was a cherry sg there you go that's so weird yeah so that's the tone man wow um yeah and then there were some cool like you know like i said some mid-60s tellies um les paul customs oh the dude from redbone who was like uh he sang and played bass he had a telly bass and then it had but it had the humbucker so it was like the 70s one yeah but then right next to it it had like a single coil jazz pickup mounted in it Hmm. and i was like that's probably because those sound like that. Probably that probably looks weird, but I could see that being like a decent option to have. Yeah, tonally. Yeah. So I fucking loved it, man. It sounds like you loved it. I I'm really glad I kind of waited because it was like you know kind of short notice week, and I was like, what should I watch? Didn't yeah. have to think too much. Netflix. This one's been in the boom. back of my head. Free free Netflix. I gave it a solid eight out of ten, man. I just thought it was fucking. It was so fun, and um, you've encouraged me to finally get around to watch that. It's been in my. I was going through my list recently. Like, what? Well, there's so much stuff on here I've never seen. I was like, yeah. Oh yeah, I told Dave about this yeah. one. And I don't think we ever talked about it. It's it's been on Netflix for years, and yeah. I'm kind of like, so it's obviously like a well, you know, it's it's well known. Whenever I look up top docs, mm-hmm. that one's always on there. So I've been putting it off, and now I finally watched it, and I'm very happy. Good so job. Check out I, Rumble. That was a real good one. Get that, get that baby. Don't want to let it get warm. at you, uh, because we've got some gear to talk about. There's, uh, what do we got? We got, we got a freaking partnership. We got some freaking pedals. What else we got? But first, before we get to that stuff, uh, I just want to talk about. Well, first of all, uh, finally shipped. I don't know if we ever talked about it on here, but I bought a Bogner Harlow pedal. Yes. Supposedly going to arrive tomorrow. Which is perfect timing because I just rebuilt the whole pedal board. <laughs> Dude, the photo you sent me was so sick of the pedal board. That wasn't even staged. I was just that was just like no. Oh, yeah, it just, I just it put, looked. I was like I looked over. I was like, oh yeah, that's the rig. Well, because last time I was here, you know, it was it was neat, but you kind of you know a few cables. You were testing a few things mm-hmm. out, and it was just neat to see how 
meticulously you put everything together I did, on yeah. a board that you know you're going to be playing soon. So Yeah, exactly. So I, I got a one of the old bands got back together and then I had my first jam sesh was just me How'd that and go, the guitar man? player, Josh. That. It went well, man. Uh, it, I was very nervous because I haven't played those songs in a long time and they're very difficult and yeah. in some in some ways the, the muscle memory is coming back but what's extra difficult as I've bellyached about a lot on this show is going back to standard tuning which is just like not a thing I've done in a long time and uh, I, I've been practicing a bit beforehand but there was first of all there's still some things that I just like couldn't remember what the parts were at all so that was a little frustrating and also I'm having a hard time getting back on, on the, the lead guitar thing because that was always like I was kind of I was kind of always known as lead guitar player right. and then that's just like not I, I just don't have my chops back there yet with standard tuning exactly. because I'm finding that even with that true I, I still have been playing a lot of guitar since then right and like even recently I still oh, play yeah. every day and stuff so like my chops are good just not in that yeah you have realm. the finger strength it's just about so I'm like figuring translate. out how to sort of like translate that yeah but so getting together with Josh was awesome because um, I mean, first of all, I just you know love the guy, yeah. so it's good to see him. And how do, how did you stuff. guys do? Like, were you guys both like, all right, here we go, like let's try this? Did you jam along with tracks? Did you just try to wing it with like a click, or did you just wing it without a click? Yeah, all all good questions. So I went over to his house. He bought a house out out in I think it's still in the city. It's Norwood Park. It's like kind of okay. not close, but not there, yeah. not that far. And uh, we just went down his basement. He had some amps set up, and I brought my. I just I had just made like a little pedal board with a tuner and a fuzz and uh, delay and my oct- and an octave because one of the songs I use an octave pedal. And uh, so I just brought that in the last Paul and plugged into his actually his AC15. Oh, nice! And no, um, like yeah, very metal amp, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, they can. Re- it, oh, yeah, it, it, it did it did it did the job. And uh, he was like, he had a, his paddleboard set up for like his other band, but he's, you know, he bought, he bought a new, um, that hoof reaper, hoof, hoof reaper, okay. that uh, earthquaker, which is the combination of the hoof, hoof fuzz and whatever the reaper over, like drive pedal is. It sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, he busted out. We, it's like kind of fucked up. So we're going to, he's going to get looked at, but he busted out the flying V that he used to play in that band. So what uh, is that? It's a Gibson. He's got to give some flying V. What year? Uh, I would guess like. Late nineties, probably color black with white pickguard. Nice. Yeah, actually, in that band though, like the, the I, I I was that there was always something kind of fucked up about the guitar. So he would like often go back to what turned out to be his main guitar. In the band it was just a fucking standard telly. Like in this like heavy, right. heavy band, he it played, just worked. He just played a yeah, telly. it just worked. It was great. What uh, did you guys diagnose the uh, the V or what's what's wrong? It's with it? intermittent connection. I was like, I could fix that, but dude, just like take it to. I told yeah. him just take it to a shop and be like, make this perfect yeah and have it set up and you just know do everything. spend like a couple hundred bucks yeah. and get all this, the fret dressing the frets, and all, yeah. this, all the electronics all that well stuff. that'd be nice because if you're doing the uh, les paul and you got the v i mean i know i know it'll be a pretty little combo but yeah so we uh we were i basically we just like got plugged in and i was basically ready to go first so i started i have a very limited vocabulary of riffs and licks to play in that in standard <laughs> did you guys right start now, with so some I, blink 182 songs to warm up <laughs> we just started playing our songs yeah. i just started playing the like probably triple digit ride or whatever the one of the ones i played for you and uh and then we just sort of went from there we kind of just like started playing one song played through it for a little bit then like went to the next one and then actually once we were warmed up we like worked on playing the whole thing start to finish and then like ran it a few times to make sure that we like could remember our parts and stuff and then there are a few songs and that's basically what we did for six songs uh 
seven songs, but one is kind of just like a long intro for another one. Okay. Uh, but we would we would just go through all the parts until we could just like both play it. I there's still one of the songs where I don't I definitely don't have anywhere near mastery of what the leads and stuff that I was playing. Yeah. Were. But for the most part, I've gotten like most of my parts b- uh, back already. Was it hard to remember like the structures of the songs? Because that's no, always tricky for me. That was the thing. That's the thing. For some reason, that was just like super obvious to me. Really. I I definitely. That's awesome. And the songs are complicated. It's, I know. They're, like they're it's not just like verse chorus stuff. So yeah, that was weird. And and there are a lot of time ch- signature changes and stuff. And that that part was actually a lot easier for me. Right. I don't know why it was. It would be a lot easier in general if there was a drummer there because it's just two guitar players. Yeah. So like our songs have slowdowns and speed up stuff that happens. So it's like doing that. <laughs> You're was like tapping kind of, your foot. Like, you know, that was yeah. kind of that was a bit of a challenge. Thankfully, we've talked about before. Josh is the kind of guy that just like has this steel trap memory for anything that he's ever played so he yeah. he was very good at remembering not only his parts but then like sort of being able to help me kind of remember my parts there was one song and i don't remember which one it was oh yeah so um the the eighth song that we didn't actually like really get to that was one that i wrote and i don't really remember how i played it and like, sure i played I was, like these weird dense chords that so we actually went and like listened to it yeah. figured out like the structure uh but and then and then the out there's this outro that's just like a complete non sequitur that was based around this like crazy bass tapping lick so like we couldn't even really try to get into that without a bassist even sure. if we want to so that that's one that's like maybe we'll come back around to we'll that, one, that one yeah. you know for now so uh yeah it was it was really cool it, you know it, my shoulder hurt after because I haven't <laughs> stood and like played a guitar yeah, well, yeah you're a guitar. standing and playing kind yeah of I'm always standing yeah and so uh you know, I haven't like just like held a Les Paul on my shoulder for four hours in a while. So did it feel yeah. like old times just like rehearsing a song that you, well, not just cause you didn't know it for a while, but even that it was a song that you guys wrote like what, 10 years ago or something. Yeah. Like that, right. It was, it was funny. Like it, it took a second and I was just like a little nervous cause I hadn't played with him in a while and sure. stuff, but like pretty quickly it felt like, cause we're good at playing together. So like, yeah, it, it, we kind of got, like I felt that even though the rigs were different and like the tones different and stuff, like pretty quickly we were able to lock into some of the stuff we're right. we used to do and like comp- complimentary stuff. So that felt, that felt pretty cool. That just, that, that was a bit like that part was sort of like riding a bike was like once we both sort of warmed up and settled in, I was like, Oh yeah, we can like do the same thing together that we used to well, be able to do. Yeah. Well that's what like, um, it's such a great thing about chemistry. Cause you can do that thing where you're like, you're playing with somebody. You're actually playing with that person. You're not just playing at the same time. Mm hmm. You know, like you guys are playing off each other in a way. Absolutely. So, and especially if you don't have a drummer, like that's the only thing you got. That's that's, that's all that's there. And he was actually even able to get to the point I wasn't yet where he was like singing some of the songs still too, which like I still wasn't feeling comfortable enough to play my parts and sing yet or anything. So, uh, but yeah, he he moved to, I was actually pretty impressed again, but he's been like the lead singer in a band and still is in in like another band right now. So he's pretty well practiced in that, in that regard. So, uh, yeah, that it, it went it went much better than expected. You know, it's a holiday season, so people are pretty busy. Yeah. But the bassist, who's going to require the most work because he's new, you know, he wasn't in the band originally. He's quite available, and his, and his you know is like, yo, let's go. So great. we're going to be able to spend time with just the three of us. That's kind of great. Because I mean, at least you guys can yeah, get that playing. core down, and then the drummer is kind of. And then Max, yeah, he's stuff. actually he actually sent me some of the tunes. So he's in he's in the middle of recording with his other band. So oh, at least he'll be seasoned. You know, he'll be he'll have his chops. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> cool. And so uh, it's just going to take a little work because yeah, I think frankly, in terms of like the hard work 
involved with playing these songs it's a lot of it's on him i mean there's like you know double bass and shit it's like there's there's hard there's a lot of in fact i don't man i can't remember i yeah i don't maybe maybe not maybe not maybe there is i don't know there's there i mean there's a lot of weird stuff maybe there is no double bass now i think about it i don't know still it um it's funny because i had a dream last night just about like playing with some guys that i used to play with and kind of like doing some old songs for whatever reason just had this dream and it, but then I woke up immediately and was thinking like, why did I overcomplicate some of those parts so much? <laughs> like, whereas if I, if I worked on them today, I mean, we wrote those in, you know, 10, 11 mm-hmm. years ago. If I wrote that same part today, I would have simplified so much more of it. Yeah. You know, like even, you know, on the bass, like not having a riff, but maybe just having a steady, a steady feel. Dude, thing. you're totally right. I'm going, I'm experiencing that because that's sort of one of the rules we've set for ourselves already is that it's like. Are you allowing yourself to? We're absolutely not locking into anything. Like you know, to a certain extent, we're not going to completely change a whole. Song well, you've got to. You've got to. Like, yeah. We're both. We're, we've already sort of restructured a couple things that right. we did. That like we were even talking about that. With, there was this one part that it's like a breakdown where we wrote this really complicated part where the uh, drum or the the drums and the bass and then we're in one time signature and then the guitars were in a different time signature and then we would play them over the top of each other until we met, met back up and and like in theory we thought that that was like the most badass idea ever but then like listening back to it from back then it's kind of just like we should have just played the riff in the same time and not even fucked yeah. with that and like so now we've decided that this time we're not going to even mess with this so we do have a little bit of maturity in that regard let's be honest this band is over the top to begin with so there's right there isn't going to be like simplifying too much no i get that like most of the parts are the parts you kind of have to stick to. yeah yeah it's like it's pretty it's pretty much just just there but i also i'm excited about the idea of once we get sort of in the groove like you know picking new we talked about we're not going to do the old covers that we used to do probably so we're going to like pick new covers to play and like and then you know we'll see if it if if we're having fun like it would be cool to like write new riffs and stuff and see and jam on new shit so play a show yeah i don't know it's it's interesting i I don't really know if the priority is going to be to play a show or to 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 re-record the album that we Mm, did i'm not sure what would be first well you could do the album and then you'll be so ready to go if you do decide to get a show like right after that that you guys will be you'll know all the parts yeah that's a that's a really good point and then we maybe even could like release the thing and put it out in the world do the show first and you'll be like flying by the seat of your pants that's always a fun time too you know yeah yeah i don't i'm honestly i'm i'm kind of open to either one yeah i'm not yeah. sure i don't know yet yeah it's, th- it's exciting but so then in GearBuds world sure uh i was inspired immediately afterwards the next day to a pick up a standard tuning guitar and just like want to play it and remember my parts from the before but b completely rebuild my pedal board and yeah it's nice let's it, tell the it folks. turned out pretty good so yeah it's i mean it's a lot of stuff that i've used before i've still got the whammy on there i've still got that boss switcher um i rearranged sort of how i had because i have the like an expand expansion two button switch to control more stuff on the loop deal um i used to have that sort of more above stuff i kind of i was able to finally like find a way to shove it down onto the main first row uh and and free up some more space and then um so i've got the out out front before anything else i've got that new mxr dunlop custom audio electronics mc404 wah natch which uh pretty awesome pretty happy about it i do believe that i misspoke last week the the boost is not independently switchable right which we weren't sure when you before you got it. right so um yeah, I liked the article you sent me about the or the thread of the guys being like, 
can we make an independent boost on yep. this thing? And some people are like, fuck no, that's not worth it. And some yeah. guys are like, you know, somebody could you do You could that. definitely do it, but it's prop, the juice ain't worth the squeeze exactly. on that one. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I got that out front. It's really cool. I, I've been really liking sort of just doing like filter sweeps, not like waka 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 stuff. Although I'm sure I'll like relearn machine yeah. gun one of these days. <laughs> uh, and then in the top row, I've got uh, three dirts, a modulation and a delay. So I've got that T-Rex Miller, which I've been using for years. It's the best sounding tube screamer I've ever heard. It's got a, a blend knob, so you don't have to have the full effect. And then it has an independently foot switchable clean boost. Nice. So one pedal I get. That's a lot. My options. drive and yeah. my and my my boost. Then next to that, I've I've got a pedal that I built, which I'm excited to be able to. That have thing on the board. is my favorite looking pedal because that, well, second favorite. That is the uh, build your own clone Swede which is a direct clone of the Boss HM2 heavy metal pedal from the 80s, right. which is also known. It's called the Swede because that is known as the sound of Swedish heavy metal. And it's just sure. like the super nasty, like ratty, honking, but you can get super raspy with it too. Yeah. But I, I like it. Basically, the, the, the funny thing about that pedal is like everyone just uses it with literally all the knobs all the way up. On that, on this one, maybe it's this one or it's just a circuit in general. I have all the knobs all the way up, which is volume distortion and then bass and treble. But then i I bring the, or uh, yeah, I bring the treble down just a little bit because otherwise it's just like it will cut your fucking face off. Um, But it is super nasty and sounds fucking amazing into that VT40, and I'm very excited about (sighs) that. And then after that, which is giving me some issues, and I I still haven't sorted. Which is my favorite pedal on the board, just because I love that thing. You do, and I do too. It's the warm audio. What is it even called? Fuzzy Fuzz? Foxy Fuzz? Yeah. Which is their take on the Fox Tone Machine, and it is quite literally a fuzzy pedal it's, it's like, covered in fuzz it's covered in orange vel- crushed velvet which is fucking rad <laughs> do you feel bad like putting your foot on it i do but that's why i have it in a loop switcher so i never touch it oh and very nice but yeah, that's a gearbox move right there you, that's i'm i'm a total semi-pro uh it's got a really fucking ripping super uh, over the top if you want chewy kind of vintage fuzz but it also has a switchable octave up yeah, and yeah. so I like that octave up sound. Leave that, have up. that option uh, to do for a couple of songs because right. I use the whammy. I I do like that. That's you mostly can control just for octave like, with that. Too. I can, but I I use that for the octave down. Gotcha. And then this is more of like a nasty octave up lead kind of sound. Then I've got for now th- these might be sort. These are I think placeholders. I'm gonna get the even tight H90 and put that up there once it's for sale. But in the meantime, I've got a couple Dodfather pedals on there. I've got the Dod. Stereo phaser, courtesy of Jim Finnerty. And then I've got the super cool, really fucking good sounding. Uh, which one? I don't remember the number on that one, but it's the analog delay, which yeah. has the, it's, it has the vintage and you know, it's, these are old, these are old pedals that the delays, I think from the 70 or no early or mid eighties. And it has the, like the coveted vintage chip in there that everyone wants it. And yeah. it just sounds like super nasty and modulated and awesome. And then so it, it turned out pretty good, man. I don't recall if we got into it, but I think you mentioned it. You have one on the way, though, in the mail. Right. Yeah. So the Bogner Harlow, it's en route. Uh, it should be here tomorrow. I'm, we'll see. I mean, I could I could squeeze it on there. I could also potentially replace the uh, T-Rex with it. I could also potentially if if the because we, the warm audio audio pedal is giving me some some guff right now. So if that continues to give me trouble i might 
just get rid of that, put a different fuzz on there for now while I figure it out. And that would even just open up more space. Cause that's, that is sort of the problem with that Foxy fuzz is that it's, it's a pretty big pedal yeah, for, it takes for, up for being a fuzz. It, 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 it takes a lot of space real estate there. So if I took that off, I could fit two pedals there. No question. So yeah. Also. Plus if it's not, if you're not sure if it's working exactly the way it's not doing it exactly what I want. I could also theoretically try to m- possibly move it, like turn it. I don't know if that would open up enough space to fit another pedal in there or not. Ooh, that's not a bad idea. I'm not sure. You just squeeze one more. But in. it's, you know, either way, it's just really exciting to have an excuse to rebuild a pedal board. You know, it was, it was nice to like have, have like a specific purpose in mind with tr- yeah. what I was trying to achieve with it rather than just like, I want to put some cool pedals on a board and see what happens. This is like, I've got sounds and like things I need to achieve in this band. I'm going to put this, the sounds together. Yeah. And I'm sure you would have had a different approach had it been, you didn't really know the band yet or you didn't know the songs or something like that. You know, oh, you yeah. have to really uh, yeah, show up to like a first jam session like with, with that. Like a huge fucking yeah. spaceship pedal board. Right. Not that that's that big of a board. No, I've it's ha- really I've, not. I've had much bigger boards than that. In that's the past. actually a. I think to me that's like a perfect size board. Yeah, it's, it's probably it's a little 20, big for a twenty-four bass board inch. For me, but for a guitar, I yeah. think that's acceptable. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Um, I do like I said have to have the wah pedal off the side. That's more of a matter of convenience. I just would pr- yeah. I prefer to have it off flat on the ground. Flat on too. the ground. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. that's a good point. Yeah, I love that. Man. Oh, and I guess I have the I have an expression pedal on there too that I didn't mention uh, that I can control volume as well as oh, whatever yes. I want on the on the on the MIDI switchers. With so. the um, let's go back to that phaser for a second. Yeah, is that? Do you have a favorite phaser? Because I was I was hanging with hmm. with our good friend Char last week, Charlie Nadler, my guitar player, and he was like, I kind of want to buy another pedal, mm-hmm. but I kind of want something that does like the whooshy sound, mm-hmm. you know, and. I don't know. I don't know enough about phasers, nor do I want to like go down the rabbit hole of yeah. them. But he won't, so I kind of want to like help him find something. Would yeah. you recommend that one? I've had I've had so many phasers over the years, and I know that they're known for the, like that's the only one that I currently still own. Mostly yeah. cause that's because of the nature of the Dodfather collection more sure. than anything else. You are the Dodfather. Uh, what were you gonna ask me? Um, I know a lot of them are supposed to like some of them. I guess you could say I don't know if this is right, but suck the tone or like. Will eliminate too much low end, or will cut out too much. Well, mid. okay. So the nature of phaser, you're it, as it's sweeping through the frequency spectrum, depending on how many poles it is, four, six, eight, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You're gonna at certain points in that sweep, you're gonna you're lose, gonna lose something, something uh, unless it has a, a dry blend of okay. your original signal in there. Good point. So might might look for something like that. Yeah. Okay. So I've owned got like I said, so many different phaser pedals. Uh, I, I don't like not being able to to blend them for this exact reason, not because of the frequency loss, but in my opinion, most of them have a volume drop or at, at the very least a perceived volume drop. Sure. So you're going to want to have something that has the ability to control your output gain on it and mm-hmm. also in my opinion. So I think mo- the, the sort of irony is that the most popular by far phaser is a phase 90 and that's just a single knob. And I feel like a phaser pedal should be a little more complicated in sure. terms of input on it so i like the dry blend I, thing so that's i like that I one for. it's it it does the whooshy it, it I, I like a real sort of chewy sound in mm-hmm. phaser that like probably is distorted like isn't like a clean sound sure um I, do, I also I've don't really seen, like yeah. i either like it's super fast and like as like a weird effect like, like rawr, the warble, rawr, yeah. warble thing or a really that long slow sweep slow sweep yeah right which is fun for leads and some of those have a speed 
option too. Usually right? that's if you're, there's a knob on a phaser, it's usually a speed knob. Gotcha. To go from that slow to fast. So what would I, I mean, if someone asked me for a recommendation, that's a thing I would say either like try to get one that has a bunch of controls or if you're going to go the simple route, which is what everyone does, like mm-hmm. your small stones or whatever. I like, uh, well, there's two, there's a small MXR. It's like the 99 or something like okay. that. And it has the phase 45 and phase 90 circuits built in and that are easily switchable. My personal favorite of that type of phase 90 though, is the Eddie Van Halen signature a, because it's the coolest looking one because it has the like red, white and black stripe deal. (laughs) And, uh, two, because it has a switch on there to be able to do, um, the script logo, which is like the more vintage phase 90. It, was, it had a, a logo written in script rather than the block logo. Like it has now those it's known as a script logo phaser. Okay. Uh, it, it has a switch to be able to get into that sound, which I, I, again, I kind of like the chewy or more vintage old. Yeah. Phaser I think sound I do thing. too. So, um, yeah, I would say uh, look into like the pigtronics of the world that, like I said, has mm-hmm. a bunch of knobs or, perhaps the the switchable yeah i think i think because of the small amount of pedals that that he owns and like i think we could go with something with more options on it because Mm. he doesn't have a ton of i mean he has a very basic pedal board you know so which is great which i actually prefer yeah so i think you have a bigger pedal board than he does don't you uh i could i could i don't run as many as he does but like the board at physical board itself oh my board yeah Yeah. it's like the skb fucking it's like this he's like like a a smaller like pedal train or something yeah the little pedal train guy which um which i think we're gonna play a show in february so i will have to obtain a small board before that there you or just right, borrow ready that. Ready for, yeah. for you right here. <laughs> and I'll borrow the... Because uh, I already... I don't need to use it. I already, I've got the big board And, and the thing I really did notice, you did not have the uh, the percolator copy. That was it. hard for me to do. And it's on, that was honestly... My, my first thought was that if if I can't get that fuzz doing what I need it to do, that I'll just put the percolator It'll back just answer Or, or like, ah, percolator. Not Maybe not necessarily the same one that I've had on You've there You've got a few a to choose from. I do. For sure. Not the original. I still can't. No. I still can't bring myself to do don't that. Don't even get that. Don't even point at it. That's it. Don't even look at it's. It's in a. It's in a covered bag, and you're not even look at the. <laughs> you at least need at a bag. glass case for it. or something. I know exactly. Oh man, so yeah, that was a long, long old ramble about the playing with the band and playing, a, a, putting a pedal board together. That so much so that like we've been. I don't honestly. I'm not even sure we've been going for super long. Yeah, right now, I don't so want to go too long. I gonna, I yeah. did uh, make a purchase this week, but maybe I'll just talk about it next week. Uh, let's talk about it once you have because I don't have it yet. Yeah, let's mm-hmm. talk about once you get. Let's it. do it. Uh, okay, so much stuff that I'm gonna have to not talk about. That's okay. There's one thing that if we're going to talk about, I want to get into because I think it's very interesting. Cool. Did you see Fender's new? Well, I already talked about one partnership. Their their gear partnership that was announced this week. I don't think so. How did I miss this? So Fender has created a partnership with Mojo Tone. If you're not familiar with Mojo Tone, they're predominantly known for build your own tube amp kits. Right. Now, yes, I, I've through seen through this partnership, yeah. Mojo Tone is offering Fender licensed amp kits. Ooh. It used to be just like a clone of a black panel 60, 65 Deluxe or whatever. Right. Now you can actually get a bunch of different 50s tweed and 60s blackface Fender endorsed circuits so the, before they were just copies they didn't have like the licensed parts in them is what you're saying yeah it wasn't it was probably a very similar circuit sure. 
but it wasn't an actual these are now these now come if, if you buy the whole kit with the cabinet and everything right. like an actual fender licensed by fender Dude. badge hell yeah that comes with it what are they coming out with so there's uh let's see here there's um first of all for the um 50s all of those are tweed cabinets and, and you can buy the amp without the cabinet you can buy like the kit Oh, just like that. The, Without the cabinet the piece, and spe- yeah. or, ca- or speaker or whatever. Those are all uh, tweed uh, with an olive stripe cover. And then the all the 60s ones are uh, black, just like black Tolex. Um, they're also uh, authentic grills and Baltic birch ply baffle boards and back panels that are like the exact same spec that Fender, Fender's, which I guess... Mojotone didn't particularly or specifically have before so it's replicas of a bunch of them um, I don't have all of them listed here but there's a basement there's a Princeton there's a Blues Junior Bandmaster Twin Reverb I saw a champ earlier when I was looking at the site um, it's a lot of different types of circuits and gotta be honest friend I'm quite tempted to make them <laughs> oh, yeah. because I don't own a Princeton yeah uh, and I'm not saying it it's the same as a Princeton, but you do have that that nice Balthazar. Which yeah, that's yeah, that's like a Vox Cambridge deal, right. which I guess is. But is it's like Princeton-y. as far as like size. Yeah, I think if I did a Princeton, I would want to do it with a twelve inch speaker though. Okay. Oh, that's right, because the Balthys it's a ten, 10 inch, oh, which gotcha. which you know the Princeton a lot of Princetons are. I do are like too. the Princeton man. I think this is kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. These are now on the market. There are going to be people selling amps that they made. That are Fender quote endo- endorsed by Fender, which could be a good or bad thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of. I don't. There are sixty plus cabinets and amps. Oh wow! Yeah, every amp has you know a corollary cabinet that goes with it, and, yeah. and I think a lot of them even or maybe even all of them have like a head shell that you can buy instead of like a combo. That's an interesting point, man. Like, would you buy one that somebody else built if you if they if you didn't know like on Reverb or something? Like, if you didn't know that they were actually a tech, or... I mean, not unless it was extraordinarily cheap that I could like feel okay right. with doing it myself if it, if I find messed up stuff with it. Right. But even still, maybe not. Honestly, maybe not. I would probably if 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 I was going to get something like this, I would want to make it myself. That's well, yeah, you would. Unless it's like 150 bucks or something. Yeah, I wonder what they'll resell for after people build them. There's no way, because I, you know, there's gonna be the people out there that like put it together themselves, and they're like, well, it's still cheaper than the one from like Guitar Center. But that exists already on Craigslist. But now with with like an official Fender one, way more people are gonna be trying to flip those entering this market. Yeah. It's kind of cool. I already said I'm, th- you know, I'm right. one of those ding dongs. <laughs> so I, I, I'm, I think it's super cool. I also am a little concerned about what it's going to do to the used amp market. And also, I it kind of I want to before we get to the price, uh, it kind of brings to mind. I we we forget Gibson kind of did this too, and we talked about it. There are there are guitars that don't that aren't made by Gibson. That are authorized Gibson parts. Gibson, not even necessarily just parts, just like they have bestowed upon them the rights to make. It's who is it? Um, not Bernie. Who makes the? Uh, there's really a really high end uh, Flying V and Explorer maker that makes it Karinas. Currently, and yes. And I and I have actually I sold them a couple of them at Guitar or not Guitar, Orville. at Chicago Music Exchange. No, no, no it's a it's an American yeah. boutique builder, and I can't think of his name. 
and it's something like with a B, something that burns. But uh, the, Gibson basically has a similar sort of program, but at a much higher echelon. They're like fancy, super fancy custom shop right. guitars and one-off kind of deals. Whereas this is like home DIY Lego build your own freaking Fender kit. Well, and it's an amp too. I mean, because I was going to say with like, lethal voltages. Yes, yes, it could it could blow up your house mm-hmm. um, and your life. Because I, I I know that there's a lot of if we go back to guitars, I know there's a lot of Fender authorized uh, bass necks, like guitar MJT necks. bodies and whatnot. Yeah, similar to stuff. You know, I think Mighty Might might be one, Is or I can't Warmoth, think of the name. Perhaps? Warmoth might be one, but they're licensed by Fender, so you could technically put it together. But again, that's a guitar. That's something you could set up with a screwdriver. But an amp, it makes me a little more nervous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and not even like for the safety aspect, which is a significant but I concern. But I want reliability. Reliability or tone of the thing. Yes. All right. There's a, so much that you could get so wrong. So much varying in the tone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah or yeah. to even like, even if you did everything perfectly, for instance, you you wired it perfectly, you made no mistakes, You it is possible that a component is off or weird and you don't, and like, if you don't know to like f- test that or, or, hear that yeah or a you're bad just gonna have solder a, or something like. you're just gonna have a crappy amp forever Oof. um and that's what's gonna show up on freaking craigslist so this so this started or yeah or the unscrupulous folks are gonna badge them as if they are a real oh. deal fender and then try there's to there's gotta pass be an extra marking off. on like something right well dude right now there's nothing stopping anyone from putting any old amp inside a inside a cab that they made themselves and calling it a fender that's and buying true. a fender no badge and like, putting yeah, it on you can't there. tell no. on the wood if it's uh-uh. you know that's a good point but um so i think there's going to be a, just a lot more fakes hmm. on, on the market because interesting. of this interesting is mojo tone an american company i think so okay yeah. i mean I, I just hope because I, I know fenders like you said they they've authorized the use of these parts but they're probably not fender parts right I don't. I don't know exactly do who's manufacturing. It might be. They could it might be cheaper, be. like overseas components. We don't. We don't well, and also that. it could be that it, it makes sense for Fender to partner with the company, and then they all buy stuff together, and then it's just cheaper for everyone on the shipping, like the, the pallets on the crates and such. Right. Which, by the way, I don't know if you saw those. Like shipping crates are almost finally back down to pre-pandemic prices, Jeez. which we you know we talked about before in that one episode where they were like, yeah, twelve thousand times. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was more astronomical yeah. percentages. Yeah. So anyways, we haven't gotten to it yet, but there are 60 plus Mojo Tone licensed by Fender speaker cabinets and amp kits. Amp kits. There's a range of prices. Oh, okay. I want you to guess low end, high end. So like low end, you know what? No, we're not even. Let's do this because you were talking about the Princeton. Yeah, I wish I could remember off the top of my head. Okay. I don't have, there's so many prices I don't have all ball in front of me. It, right? Yeah, I think I can. Uh, I mean, I, cause I'm, I'm thinking about what the new Fender Princeton, like, the tube version, yes, not the solid right. state version. I think I know how much those cost too. I think they're like, I want to say they're like fifteen hundred. I think because I know the solid state th- ones around it's either like twelve ninety nine or fourteen ninety nine. Yeah, so let's say fourteen ninety nine. Yeah. These are uh, these are going to be cheaper. So because you have to build it, I'm going to say like seven hundred bucks maybe. That's you parts? know honestly that sounds about right. I, I think, guess we're just but I think with the cabinet it's probably closer to like a thousand or eleven hundred. Yeah. honestly. So that's funny to me because then it's like just a couple of hundred more. But I mean, it's, people enjoy. It was not like that significantly cheaper. Gotcha. Than it, the so the kit the, it ranges from three twenty seven up to one thousand sixteen dollars. And here. which one do you think would be like the highest end? 
whatever like honestly the, probably their basement like either the basement or the super reverb because that's a four yeah, by ten just a bigger cabinet overall so, or, or, or no actually the twin reverb oh the twin because that's two a 212 with big honking transformers yeah. and super power. four power tubes and yeah that'd be uh, fair to say so probably that one and even just like shipping that is more expensive because all the parts being heavy and stuff well i mean i guess when it comes down to it you know i i obviously wouldn't buy something like this because i don't know how to put together an amp mm-hmm. so i mean i think this is attractive to like the hobbyist who, mm-hmm. will, who will then use it i don't I, I don't i guess that now that i think more about it i don't i don't fear that like people will just be like buying these putting them together and trying to sell them and make like is it worth your time to put all this together to make like a hundred or two hundred dollars well no you could i mean you could you could sell it at, like you could age it and lie and say that it's vintage oh shit because we're talking about tweed cabinets and i mean these are supposed to be 50s and 60s circuits right oh right so you get some aside old, from you like get some old tubes aside and from like the patina on the metal right which there are ways to fake all that stuff absolutely absolutely Wow, that's I guess be. if that's your idea, you're probably not waiting for an authorized partnership program to do it. You're like, just going to do, do it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's probably much to do about nothing in that regard. I still think it's a really cool thing, and I kind of oh, yeah. want to build it. And I one. hope it inspires people to yeah. want to go out and build their own amp. I mean, I would. Yeah, maybe that'll inspire the world's next Alexander Dumble or, or Balthazar Delay. It'd be pretty cool. I have to say, though, I, 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 I would hope that they would come out with some, like, fun color options and stuff like that you know just to spice it up a little bit well you don't have to buy their toll the, the, or anything the like tweed or the black you can you know you could theoretically put it in any old any old cabinet right. and do but the parts will still be but these if you want that like as close to being a fender sure. without being a fender this is this is how you're gonna do it very interesting my friend. dude we've just we've just chewed the beef for a while i love it dude it was that was a heck of an episode it was a weird one kind of we but I, we, it, we, we, we figured it out we had I, I had so Wednesday many other things so many other pedals i had a freaking case to talk about oh, that's on all right. here a whole amp company rebrand we'll but, stick around for next week's episode people yeah maybe 